This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. Pleasure to welcome Roger Seiler to the podcast to talk about Alaska. How are you doing, Roger? Just fine, Bob. Glad to be uh, talking with you this morning. Roger Seiler grew up in King Salmon, Alaska. Son of an American military man, he became a filmmaker and now has written an historical novel called Master of Alaska, published by True North Publishing, based on the story of Alexander Andreevich Baranov, a merchant, a Russian merchant, who served as governor of Russian Alaska from 1799 to 1818. I must confess to have uh, been pretty ignorant of this story, uh, Roger, before uh, reading about it in your book and other materials. Uh, t- tell us about uh, Baranov and why it was that he went to Russia. I'm sorry, went to well, Alaska. <laughs> yes, well, Baranov had been a, a successful businessman in Irkutsk, uh, Siberia. He was actually, uh, he had come to Irkutsk from a little town near uh, near St. Petersburg, Russia, uh, because of the opportunities there. And uh, since he was of the lower merchant class, he was always looking for some way to uh, improve his, his position in, in, in the Russian scheme of things. So anyway, he went to Irkutsk. He had a, uh, a glass factory there. He got into the fur business also. And that's where he got into, into trouble because he had a trading uh, uh, store up in the uh, Anadir River area of Siberia, and uh, his people there made the mistake of trading guns for for furs, and the natives just came back with the guns and uh, held them up and got all their furs back. So uh, that got him in financial trouble, and so he then took a job that he had previously turned down. He had been offered the job of being the chief manager of of uh, Alaska, and uh, he just uh, didn't want any part of it uh, originally. But then, now that he was in financial trouble, he had to take the job. So it was in actually 1790 that he was sent over as as uh, chief manager. Uh, later on, they upgraded the title to uh, to governor, as you mentioned in in 1799. His title became governor, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he was supposed to go there for only five years. And the problem was that uh, everyone they sent to replace him died on the way. So he ended up being stuck in Alaska for 28 years. And uh, he had to deal with all kinds of problems from earthquakes, tsunami, uh, to uh, massacres from rebellious uh, natives in southeastern Alaska who had been armed by the British. And the British were is is a, a major adversary. They wanted to take Alaska away from Russia and add it to Canada. And uh, it's because he managed to prevent that from happening uh, that Alaska was eventually sold by the Russians to the United States in uh, in uh, 1867, 67. and that's the sesquicentennial that is being celebrated this year. The the uh, purchase of Alaska from the Russians. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of material here, and we're talking with Roger Seiler author of an historical novel, Master of Alaska, about Alexander Baranov, a merchant who was uh, the, first the manager, then governor of Russian Alaska. Now, where he was, I don't want to get detoured here, but where he was in Siberia, was that near Alaska? Or relatively speaking, I suppose it was near Alaska. Oh, everything, 
it seems like everything that had to do with Russia and Alaska was very distant. I mean, uh, after he got to Alaska, and his first base in Alaska was on Kodiak Island, uh, and uh, which is close to the mainland, and uh, if he wanted, if he had a, a serious problem that he needed an answer from the government, it would take a year for his letter to get to the government in St. Petersburg, and assuming that they dealt with it right away, it would take another year for the answer to come back. So it would take two years to get an answer to a governmental question. So in, in effect, he became the one-man uh, one man government of, uh, of Alaska. And uh, uh, so he really did run the place. Yes. So, uh, you know, c- compared, with, compared with the British, if the British in Canada needed to get an answer from London, it was just a matter of, of a few months to, uh, mm-hmm. for them to be able to, to and, communicate. And the, the way the Russians, say, from St. Petersburg would go to Alaska or Siberia, they, they didn't go overland in general, did they? They, they went by well, ship. Oh, yes, yes. They... There, were, there were two, two ways. One was overland from St. Petersburg all across Siberia to the uh, Siberian uh, coastal town of Okhotsk uh, and on the Sea of Okhotsk, and then they'd climb on a, on a ship there, and then it would take several months to go by ship from Okutsk to uh, Kodiak in, in Alaska, uh, assuming that they got there. Uh, a lot of their ships uh, were got wrecked along the way because of the, or just sank because of the t- terrible weather in the North Pacific. <clears throat> so uh, uh, it was, I mean, in fact, on his way to Alaska, he was shipwrecked. And uh, uh, he had to spend the. He, he fortunately, he and his men were rescued by the Aleuts, and w- with whom they spent spent that winter, the winter of of seventeen ninety ninety one, and um, before the natives were then able to the following spring to get them to to Kodiak. But it was uh, the weather situation was just uh, a tremendous challenge all the time. Mm. And uh, you you mentioned the Aleuts. Uh, and I, I think it would be correct to say that uh, Baranoff allied himself with them, did he not? I mean, they took him in. Oh, yes, he uh, did. Now, the, the Russians had been, uh, uh, the, their relationships with the, with, the, uh, with the Aleuts had been up and down for many, many years. And I mean, there had been, uh, uh, the Russians had massacred Aleuts, and Aleuts had massacred Russians, and, and so they had had a rough time until... Really, until Baranov got there, and during the the time that he spent with the with the Aleuts, he learned their language, he learned their their ways of hunting, and uh, uh, became a real admirer of the Aleuts and their ability to survive in such dif- difficult mm-hmm. circumstances. In fact, he and, reminds me somewhat uh, of the stories here in upstate New York of Sir William Johnson, the British Indian agent. Uh, who dealt with the Mohawks. I mean, he really, to some extent, became a Mohawk. You know, he had a Mohawk common-law wife and so forth, and and so did Baranoff. I mean, Baranoff had mistresses, and I believe in your novel you portray portray it as more of a marriage. Yes, well, he... he, uh, he had a wife in, in in Russia, and uh, when he got into because of the of the bad weather situation in the North Pacific, his supply ship, which included a lot of food supplies, didn't show up, 
um, he had to <coughs> to uh, approach the the nearby uh, Indian chief, uh, Chief Grigor, they called him, uh, to ask him to loan food to the Russians so that they could get by until their next supply ship came. And uh, Chief Grigor said, well, the only way I'm going to loan you any food is if you marry my daughter. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I can't marry your daughter. Uh, uh, I have a wife in Russia. And Chief says, so? You need a wife here in Alaska. So, you know, the chief was interested in, a, in having an alliance with the Russians that would uh, make him uh, uh, more power, make his tribe more powerful uh, politically than, uh, than many of the other tribes that, are, that were uh, uh, antagonists of his. So uh, Baron said, well, I, I can't do that. But then after a few days of starving, uh, his people said, you better make the deal. So he did. And uh, he married the chief's daughter. Um, uh, and uh, she turned out to be, besides being a real, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, a real looker, uh, she was uh, also uh, very smart. And she had a, a, a talent for empathy that became very important mm-hmm. in making peace with the uh, Klingit Indians in southeastern Alaska who were quite hostile to the Russians. Well, again, that, that reminds me of the relationship between Sir William Johnson and uh, Molly Johnson, who had been Molly Brandt, you know, who was uh, in, from the Mohawk Nation, and she really was a very influential person in colonial uh, New York State, and then later up in, uh, up in Canada. But I hate to keep yeah. backtracking on the, the story, but if... Baranov comes there in 1790. When was it that Russia, in one way or another, laid claim to Alaska? Well, that was back in 1741 when uh, uh, Vitus Bering and uh, and uh, uh, a man named Ch- whose last name was Chirikov uh, uh, were commissioned by the crown to uh, take an expedition uh, east to find the the um, the mainland of, of North America, and um, so uh, it was then in 1741, uh, the two ships got separated and never saw each other again. But they they both did uh, strike land in southeastern Alaska, like down in the area of Sitka, Juneau, that area, and uh, uh, and then uh, they uh, <coughs> headed back to Russia, and they were. They were both shipwrecked mm-hmm. on the way back, uh, and uh, probably half of their of their men were lost in just trying to survive during the uh, d- during the ensuing uh, bad weather and and so on. So uh, uh, so anyway, that was it was quite a while from 1841 until, of course, uh, seven. I mean, uh, 1741, mm-hmm. 1741 until 1790 when, uh, when Baranoff uh, enters the scene. We're talking with Roger Seiler, author of an historical novel, Master of Alaska, based on the story of Alexander Baranoff, a merchant who uh, was in Alaska from 1790 to 1818. More with Roger Seiler in just a moment. This is Bob Cudmore. I hope you enjoy the Historian's Podcast. We depend on your contributions to keep the podcast going, keep it underway. We have a GoFundMe place on the Internet where you can make your donations. 
go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Historians 2017. You'll learn more about our campaign and about the podcast, and you'll be able to donate online. If you'd rather not donate online, you can make out a check to me, Bob Cudmore. Send it to 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. And thank you very much. Roger Seiler with us, native of Alaska, who's written an historical novel called Master of Alaska, the story of Alexander Berlinov, a merchant who uh, served uh, the Russian government, if you will, in uh, Russian Alaska from uh, 1790 to 1818. He uh, sent, as, as I recall, by Catherine the Great, right? Wasn't she the Tsarina? That's correct. That's, yeah. cr- that's right. Catherine the Great, uh, she had an interest in in Alaska, though her primary interest was really in the other direction, was westward towards Poland and, and so on, and in the, uh, her uh, maneuvering for for uh, for better political position with in in uh, in, in the political contests of Europe. <clears throat> but uh, she did have an interest in, in Alaska, and one of the things that she did was. Uh, she made the natives of Alaska citizens of Russia, and she instructed uh, uh, instructed the Russians that were there. Uh, she had heard of the of the uh, of the uh, fights that the Russians and the and the native people had had, uh, uh, and what they were fighting over was the 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 hunting grounds for the sea otter. The sea otter were really what the Russians were after because the the fur trade uh, with sea otters with uh, China was a, a booming business and uh, very profitable. So that was what they focused on, and uh, uh, they sometimes had fights with the with the natives over over the hunting grounds. Though they really depended on the natives because the natives were much better hunters than mm-hmm. they were. So um, they in effect uh, hired the natives. So. Uh, they didn't give the natives much choice because they they took hostages uh, in order to get the the natives to to uh, to okay. play ball with them. But mm-hmm. the, uh, the taking of hostages was something that the natives had long done with other tribes anyway. So it wasn't something that that uh, that that sure. the Russians dreamed up. But uh, uh, Catherine the Great was. Concerned that uh, the, the natives be treated well, and so she made them citizens to uh, impress upon the Russians who were there that they were to uh, that they were to treat them well. And in, and in fact, their attitude toward the natives and most of the Russians was that they treated them as equals, mm-hmm. uh, unlike the English on the east coast of North America that uh, treated the natives as uh, as if they were subhuman. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, 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 you know, Baranoff got along very well with the Aleuts, though he had a lot of trouble uh, initially with the with the Klingit uh, Indians in southeastern Alaska, who had who were getting uh, weapons from the from the British. Mm-hmm. The, the British were interested in using the the Klingits to throw the Russians out. Now, and, uh, you also describe in the in the book that you mentioned the other. A faction among the native peoples, the Tlingit, or one faction, and they had a a, a leader named is it Catlion that, that yes, went to uh, war King with Catlion. the 
went to war with Baranov. How did that turn out, or what happened in that conflict? Well, it's interesting because uh, 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 Chief uh, Chief uh, 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 Katlian, uh who was much younger than than uh, than Baranov, when Baranov went to Alaska, he was he was forty three when he set foot first set foot on on Alaskan territory and. And uh, Katlian was about 20, and he was being raised. Uh, he was raised to be a warrior, and to uh, and to be a warrior whose aim would be to throw the throw the white man out. And um, so uh, he was the one who who uh, was against selling the Russians' land for a. Uh, for a fort in southeastern Alaska, Baranoff decided he had to build a fort in southeastern. Otherwise, the British were going to be able to get a foothold there and take, o- and then eventually take over Alaska. So he decided to build a fort at Sitka, uh, and he he bought he actually bought land from uh, from another chief, uh, a chief who had a higher rank than Chief Kotleon at that time, and uh, uh, and and they built a fort and. Uh, they had a few hundred people there, and then uh, Katlian eventually uh, uh, persuaded the other chiefs that they needed to push the Russians out. And so when when uh, Baranov went to back to Kodiak, which was about 600 miles away, to uh, or actually a little more than that, and he went he went to Kodiak to tend to business affairs there. They attacked uh, Sitka and and massacred nearly everyone there. So. Uh, uh, that put uh, Baranov into into a position of having to f- fight fight for it back. Otherwise, the British would be able to move in and take over. Mm-hmm. So uh, two years later, he came in with a British uh, uh, British with a Russian frigate. He came in with a Russian frigate mm-hmm. and uh, uh, <clears throat> with uh, uh, fourteen big guns and. Uh, and a couple of other Russian uh, armed Russian ships, and they uh, uh, attacked a a uh, Klingit f- fort that was close to the coast, and uh, uh, they 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 were able to fight until the for, for it was a five day battle, the Battle of Sitka, until the uh, until the natives the Klingit ran out of ammunition, and then they they chased them off. Um, Baranoff knew, however, that he was going to have to make peace with the Klingon eventually because they far outnumbered the Russians, and so he didn't want to to uh, he didn't want to annihilate them, uh, which he had for briefly had an opportunity to do. He wanted to eventually make peace with them, which he, thanks to his wife uh, Anna, mm-hmm. who was uh, who, who was the the daughter of the chief um, uh, Chief Grigor. Uh, she was quite instrumental in helping to 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 negotiate that just through her her empathy. By the way, when his Russian wife died in um, in 1806, uh, I believe it was, uh, then he was able to marry uh, Anna in the Russian church, and th- their three children were then were then legitimized, and their children played. Uh, 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 Especially their their middle daughter played a key role also in uh, making peace with the uh, Klingons. Now, there's this. Isn't there a famous painting showing Catlian? I don't know if it shows Baranov. You know what I'm driving? Yes, there there were 
two two paintings which are shown in the back of the book uh, that were done by the same artist. One was a portrait of Baranoff. It was the only portrait ever made of him during his lifetime, and uh, and also a portrait of uh, a separate a separate painting that was uh, showing Chief Cotleon and his wife on uh, standing. Uh, the chief was standing on a bluff overlooking. Uh, the Russian fort at uh, the, the the rebuilt Russian fort uh, in in Sitka, which was at some distance behind him, but you could see it there, and uh, uh, and his wife sitting on the ground next to him, and uh, uh, he is wearing Chief Kotlyan is wearing an Allies of Russia medal, silver medal around his neck that Baranov had given to him after they made peace, and so that. That picture symbolizes the the peace that eventually developed between the Klingit and the uh, and the Russians that that was mm. uh, accomplished by by uh, uh, by Baranov and his wife uh, Anna and um, and their daughter also Irina. She had she uh, had quite an influence on on Chief Kotlyan, and uh, uh, so. It, with those two, with those two paintings, the, and then the separate uh, solo painting of of, of, of Baranov, you've got uh, uh, the Russian uh, accomplishments and the Russian history of, of Alaska, mm-hmm. you know, summarized, and it's that that uh, a painting of Kotlyan uh, that that uh, uh, shows how how the peace was achieved that it eventually enabled the Russians to sell Alaska many years later to uh, to the United, United States. States. Now, were these paintings done by natives or by Russians? No, those those paintings were both made by the same man who was a Russian uh, a Russian painter who who uh, traveled on on one of the of the uh, of the Russian frigates that was traveling around the world and uh the job of the navy painter he was in the navy the job of the navy painter was to um his name was uh, Mikhail Tikhanov and his job was to document everything he saw mm-hmm. on the trip Roger Seiler with us uh, master of alaska his book based on the story of alexander baranov we're getting close to the uh, end and in terms of the end of baranov's time in russia i gather that there, you know, with this government by long distance, you know, since St. Petersburg, there's concern that maybe he's not doing so well. So don't they like they send people or some person to uh, check on him? I guess they find well, he is doing pretty well. But at some point, he decides to to leave. And why did uh, he decide, or was he ordered to leave Alaska? Yeah, well, he had been waiting. For a long time to be uh, uh, to, to be replaced, he had kind of mixed feelings about it. Though I mean, he he uh, uh, he wanted to go back to his the family that he had left behind uh, in, in Russia. Though his Russian wife had died long, long before. Um, uh, but he had a a, a, a daughter and uh, and a couple of, of uh, adopted children that had been left behind, and. Um, so he wanted he wanted to see them again, and he also wanted to go back to to Russia to uh, to stand up for his name because a lot of uh, he had made some enemies, and a lot of people were spreading a lot of uh, a lot of lies about uh, what he was doing. They're claiming that he had his fingers in the till and so on, which wasn't true. And uh, 
so he wanted to go back to kind of straighten things out and, and see his family again. He left, he left Anna behind in Alaska because he knew that he wasn't long for this world and he didn't want to have her stuck in Russia uh, with no friends or anything. So he left her behind in, in Alaska with, uh, uh, so that she would be with her family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he, he never made it back to Russia. He died on the way. Yeah. On, on the sea voyage, right? And Right, yes. He was on, and, and the, we talked before about the first route. There are two, two ways that you could go from, from uh, St. Petersburg to Alaska, one being across Siberia and then across the North Pacific. The other was to uh, 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 go head south and head, go past Hawaii to uh, what is now called Indonesia, uh, then it was it was the Dutch uh, uh, West Indies, I guess they called it. And, and anyway, um, so they had stopped in in uh, uh, Batavia. They called it then. Now they call we call it Jakarta. And he got uh, apparently he caught uh, yellow fever while he was there. And then when they departed, he died at sea and was buried at sea. Huh. Uh, off the, the coast of one of the Indonesian islands. And he was what, 70 uh, so he years? he never made it back to Russia. He was something like 70 years old at the time of his? He was, he was 72. 72. Now, um, again, we, we just have a few minutes left, but uh, in terms of your research, I, I gather, uh, just asking you to confirm this, that one of the reasons you were able to get such detailed information is Baranov kept good records, but he was sending reports back to Russia. So he put the one set of records on the ship to go to Russia, but then he would made it, made another one because he thought you never knew when that ship would actually make it there. So there were multiple copies of uh, his notes in Russian, which uh, during the 1930s were translated by a, a, a New Deal WPA project, true? That's correct. Absolutely correct. Yes, he uh, he uh, always made a, a copy of every letter and every report that he sent back to Russia because he never knew if it would get there, and he wanted to be able to prove that he had, in fact, uh, sent the reports that he was required to send. And so he had had a copy at his uh, office. And uh, when we bought Alaska from the from the Russians. Uh, all of those copies were, were sitting there in the archive, and they um, uh, and they made their way to the University of Washington, where the project uh, during the 1930s of the uh, Works Progress Administration, the WPA, had a project there to translate them into English. And I was able to get hold of the English translations of those of those letters, and they were just fascinating, not only uh, for the the um, uh, the events that he portrayed in them, but uh, you could really get an understanding of the way Baranov thought and his attitudes about things and how his attitudes changed. I mean, uh, early on, before he got, uh, before he married his, his, his native wife, uh, he was Mr. Tough Guy. Uh, and then you see his attitude change somewhat after after he becomes involved with her and he mm-hmm. has a much uh, more a softer, uh, more empathetic uh, understanding of the natives that shows up in his letters after uh, after he has 
gotten connected with her. Mm-hmm. So she did have a, a significant influence on him and his attitude toward the natives. Now, you, Roger Seiler, uh, spent most of your career in, in making films. Do you, would you want to make this into a, a movie? Oh, yeah. I would love to have this made into a movie. Uh, in fact, uh, I first wrote it as a, as a screenplay, and uh, when I was uh, dealing with folks in Hollywood, they would say, well, gee, it's a great story, uh, but nobody knows anything about the Russians in Alaska, and um, nobody's ever heard of Alexander Baranoff before, so uh, we don't think that this would, uh, right. this would ever sell in the Midwest. And if, if it's not going to sell in the Midwest, then uh, uh, it's, it's not worth the risk. I'm sorry, Roger, we're just out of time. I thank you very much uh, for joining us. Roger Seiler is author of the book Master of Alaska, published by True North Publishing. The It's based on the story of Alexander Baranov, a merchant who served a, as a manager and governor of Russian Alaska from 1790 to 1818. You've been listening to the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore.